0: I trust you, Lord. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. Good afternoon, late afternoon. Uh, just another quick reminder, this morning I'd mentioned about our meet and greet uh, after the morning service. It actually will be a question and answer too, so uh, I wanted to make, make sure everyone, everybody understood that. But again, please remind everyone that they, uh, it's most important whether they can vote or can't vote, Main thing is get in here with a good congregation, and um, and and word travels fast, as everybody knows. So um, let's just move forward, Julie. All right. That was fast. Maybe got chastised this morning. I don't know for sure. <laughs> no, thank you, Dan. Y'all want to go ahead and stand on your feet? We're going to worship tonight. We're going to welcome the presence was already here when we got here so it's welcoming us but we have to be receptive of what it has for us and father god just open our hearts and our minds tonight to receive that lord father we just thank you for what's going to come out of this service god jesus holy name we pray amen go ahead I oh, don't is worthy of our praise tonight. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
1: bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for the blessings that we, as your children, we enjoy. We declare great, great is our God, and, and greatly to be praised. So, Lord, we bless you. We magnify you. We want you to receive from us so, Lord, we thank you for every blessing that we enjoy. We thank you for your boundless provision. We thank you, Lord, for your unmerited love, that, Lord, you love us even while we were yet sinners. And you made that love visible, and that Christ died on the cross of Calvary. We glory in your forgiveness. We glory in your ever abiding. We thank you, Lord, that you never leave, you never forsake us, that you are our constant, you are our faithful. And Lord, in you, we find our meaning. In you, we find our reason. In you, we find our purpose. So Lord, we bless your name. We magnify you. We want you to be blessed in us. And Father, we pray your anointing to continue right here. That Lord, our hearts would be open to your truth, that your word would be shared in a way that you desire, and that the outcome would be your perfect will. God, have your way. Do all that you want to do, Father. And our prayer is, please, leave nothing out that you want to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless your hearts. God bless you. Great to see you this evening. You can be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers, if you would please, to to come and we'll receive Sunday evening tithe and offering. If you were maybe unable to give your tithe this morning and and would like to be obedient to the Lord in your tithe and offering, that's exactly what... these men are about to receive, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, please, every day, be praying for your deacon board, be praying for them this week, and let's pray that this next Sunday that you'll have a, a candidate that will be led by God, and we want God's perfect will. Can you say Amen, uh, Brother Randy? Would you please serve blessed offering? Sing. I love that. All, all I can play is the radio. I'm sure proud to be around people that can play instruments. Amen. What a blessing that is. Thank you from Paul and I. Thank you for letting us be with you these last four weeks. This is our fourth week uh, to be with you. And when I, I started, uh, it was Brother Randy that called me and asked me to come. And And I said, I'm going to commit to four weeks, but by four weeks, I'd really like to see you have a candidate, you know, and man, God worked it out perfectly. And then I've also committed uh, if I need to come back for a couple of weeks and uh, you, if you select to vote in this candidate next Sunday, he goes back and tells his church, well, he's telling them I'll come and be with you for a week or whatever that we need to do because I want to be with you through this. You know, there was something I heard tonight uh, in this church, and if you don't, don't mind me being transparent, because uh, I have found in ministry and especially in preaching, the best thing to do is just be honest. Be bare, honest, transparent. Sometimes it makes people feel uncomfortable, but for me, the preacher, I'm my most comfortable when I can just be honest with you. I, I overheard something tonight that is the first time in the last four weeks, and that is this evening, before church, there was so much laughter and conversation in the foyer. And that was so good to hear. I'm going to tell you, y'all really like each other more than you're letting on. And, and it was so good to hear you out there laughing and just talking and sound like a bunch of geese out there. And man, it's just very, 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 very good. And that honestly is a beautiful illustration of the message that the Lord's given me for tonight. Because tonight what we're going to talk about is standing together in unity. If you've got your Bible, find Psalm. Uh, In fact, your Bible, if you find the very middle of your Bible, the very middle book of your Bible is Psalm. If you just want to find the very middle chapter, you'd go to about Psalm 119. So we're just a little bit towards Oklahoma City. Is that Oklahoma City that way? Uh, Forget it. You're a little bit that way, and and I'm turning around. And so, if you would, just flip over there to Psalm 133. Father, I pray your anointing. I pray your will be done. We thank you for the truth of your word, and, Father, your word so reveals to us your will. So, Father, anoint your word, and may your word be shared uncompromisingly. May truth be spoken. May truth be heard. And, Lord, even if it hurts, We're going to allow the truth to correct us and the outcome be exactly what you desire. So, Father, anoint, equip both the speaker and the receiver of your word, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to do something that we don't do real often. We're going to read a whole chapter. If you looked at it, that's why you're laughing. Okay, Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Amen. What is it like? Uh, You really can't understand this next verse unless you've been to Israel, but I'm going to explain it to you. And in fact, uh, Paul and I, I've been to Israel three times. We've got a trip coming up in November. We've got a few openings. If anybody would be interested in going to Israel in November, uh, catch me after service. I'll give you a few details. Um, it is life-changing to go to Israel. It is like, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It, it, in other words, it's that anointing oil that just covered Aaron, okay? Okay. Verse 3, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. That is all the result of what? Unity. Unity is critical for the church. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, Let's get a few just real brief but very specific definitions of what unity is. You can look it up in your dictionary, but unity is a coming together as one. If you remember with me in John chapter 7, in fact, we can go back to Genesis. You go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. The scripture says, For this cause a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become what? One flesh. One flesh. That's unity. That's not talking about sex. I've had some preachers take that verse and talk about sex. That's not what what that's talking about. Now, verse 33 is talking about sex uh, because it said the man was naked and his wife, and they were unashamed. Because what God created for purity, the world's perverted. Are you with me? Uh, Because God's the one that came up with this thing, a man and a woman. If you remember with me, the man God created him, he was buck naked on the planet, Then God created a woman, and and it was this. God brought the woman to the man. I love that. Perfect environment, Garden of Eden. You got a naked man, naked woman. And literally, God said, there you go. Enjoy. That's beautiful. And what God meant for innocence, the world perverted. But if you remember with me, this principle there in Genesis 2 and 24 did not apply to Adam and Eve because they didn't have a mom and dad. Are you with me? So it applies to you and me. So it's a biblical principle. It says, for this cause of a man and woman coming together, you'll leave mom and dad, and you didn't have one, uh, but you are. You're going to leave your mom and dad, and you're going to be joined to your husband, your wife, and then you two are going to become one. That's talking about unity. The reason I call that unity, you go to John chapter 17 in the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. Just after this prayer, he goes to the Kidron Valley, walks up the side of a mountain. The mountain is Olivet, and on the side of the mountain is a garden, and the garden is Gethsemane. So this is what he says just prior to going into Gethsemane. He says, Father, I pray that they would be one, these 11 disciples, because Judas has gone to betray him. He said, I pray that these 11 would be one, Father, just like you and I are one. And then in the prayer he goes on, he says, I pray for all of those who believe in me because of their testimony. He's now praying for you and me. Right. That they would be one, just like you and I are one. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about unity. Uh, I, I would like to think that all of us Christians, if you're a born-again Christian, not just this church, but every Christian across the planet, I, now, this is my personal opinion, it might be optimistic, but I believe that we could agree on two primary objectives. I mean, if you could get everybody to agree on two things, that's pretty big. Sometimes it's hard to get them to agree on one. But I believe we agree on two very important things. One is, is this. I believe every Christian wants to make heaven. Can you say amen? And I believe, if you're really a Christian, every Christian wants to take as many people with us as we can. And so I believe we could, that's unity. We can agree on every believer. I don't care if you're Baptist, Church of Christ. I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care what your background is. I believe every born-again Christian, we want to make it to heaven. We want to take as many people with us as we can. That's unity. Now, let's talk about Long Grove. Unity is a removal of groups within the body working against the body. Unity is standing for a shared purpose, a shared direction, and a shared cause. Unity is when a group of individuals with all their separate personalities, strengths, and talents unite together without private personal objectives, but with a united effort and a common determination. That's unity. See, the great thing about Christianity is we don't all have to be alike. (laughs) Can you say amen? Thank God we don't have to all drive pickups. Amen. Amen. Thank God we don't all have to wear cowboy boots. <laughs> Anybody say, hey, man, I don't, I, I don't wear cowboy boots unless I have to. And sometimes I do because I'm going to be preaching to a bunch of cowboys and I put on cowboy boots just to relate with the cowboys. But the reality is if I wear what I want to wear, I wear tennis shoes. Yeah. Now, think with me a moment. I remember a time in the church when everybody looked alike. Yes. Everybody wore a suit. Everybody wore a tie. In fact, I was on staff. And if I didn't wear a tie ever service, I was reprimanded. And the reality is, thank God, unity is not same interest as all dressing alike, as all looking alike. Amen. Right. Hey, ladies, you get to wear pants to church. That's a big deal. I remember when you couldn't. Thank God. Thank God we got rid of some of that religion. Okay. It is good, it is pleasant to the Lord when his children dwell together in Unity. When you come together as one, you put a smile on God's face. And I don't know about you, but I like getting to smile. That's my objective. James 3 and 16, I I added this. James 3 and 16 says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So that's the opposite. The opposite of unity, where God can bless, God can move, is a place where there is envy and self-seeking. Uh, again, James 3, 16, 3 and 16 of James, that's a good verse for you to mark in your Bible. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And that can be the church. Yes, now, unity of believers brings the blessings of the Lord. Notice with you what the blessings are. It is like the anointing oil poured upon Aaron's head. It's like that anointing oil that is, it is so poured upon Aaron, it comes down through his beard and comes down on his garment. An anointing is an equipping to ministry. Another definition of the word anointing is to be set separate. We want this church to be separate from the world. We want this church to have a rich anointing. We want the Holy Spirit to move like the Holy Spirit wants to do move without restriction, without limitation, without man's involvement, which is God's involvement. Amen? Okay, that's anointing. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing that equips for ministry. Now, when you come together in unity, it is like the oil... (laughs) that is poured upon Aaron. It is like the anointing. It is like the blessings of the Lord commanded from Mount Hermon. Okay, now if you go to Israel and you go to Golan Heights, which is the northern part of Israel, and then you look north from Golan Heights, you'll see the highest point in Israel. You can see it from the Golan Heights. And when you look north, there's a mountain, and the mountain is called Hermon, Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is the highest point in Israel. Literally, being an ex-snow skier, uh, they ski Mount Hermon. You can snow ski Mount Hermon. And so there's snow on top of Mount Hermon. And what happens is the snow melts. And it's kind of like what's happening in California now and Colorado too much, but the reality is it's going to melt and they're going to have water. Well, I'm going to tell you, Hermon melts, and that's where all the water for Israel comes from, from the melting snow on top of Mount Hermon. Because what happens is that melting snow runs into what's called the upper Jordan River feeding into the Sea of Galilee and the lower Jordan River, which feeds into the lowest plant place on the planet, the Dead Sea. The lowest point on planet Earth is the Dead Sea. And so from Mount Hermon to the Dead Sea, you have this flow of water. And that's where Israel gets all its water. Wow. It's the blessed And Israel, if you've ever been there, it's a desert. Yeah. You know, when I asked a stupid question, which I didn't know was stupid, but it, I found out later it was. But I asked a stupid question of our guide in Israel. I said, is it okay if I get one of these rocks? The reason it's stupid is there's rocks everywhere. Uh, all it is is rock. And so it's all desert land. Now, Israel is fertile, but it will grow nothing until you add water. And when you add water, Israel is very, very proud of their produce. Uh, If you've ever been there, man, uh, you'll go to breakfast. And, of course, I don't eat uh, tomatoes and cucumbers and leeks and cabbage for breakfast. I'm not... Give me a donut and a, you know, egg, you know. But, but, it, but it was there. And you go and, it, and man, it is spread out. And every bit of it was grown right there in Israel. Why? Because of the blessing. The blessing that comes from Mount Hermon. Please understand what the Lord is teaching us in this psalm. See, God will allow his anointing to be where there is unity. But God will withhold his anointing where there is strife and contention. Let's understand both sides because the reality is you're getting ready to get a new pastor and the the pastor wants to be able to have an anointing. And let me tell you, you can override the anointing upon the pulpit by having disunity in the body. Please understand. God will pour out his blessing where believers dwell in unity, but God will withhold his blessing where there is envy and conflict. In other words, there'll be people that are not healed. There'll be people who are not saved. The blessings of the Lord won't be there. Why? Because there's conflict within the body. Understand? Now, for a church wanting an anointing, for a church wanting the blessings of the Lord, which I believe beyond a shadow of doubt, you want that. What you're going to have to do beyond a shadow of a doubt is you're going to have to come together in total unity. And this is what that means. Let me preach to you. And it is factions must be dissolved. There can't be a group over here that we believe this and a group over here that we believe this and you're you're messing up for not doing this. Factions have got to end. They've got to be dissolved. Uh, Petty bickering must end. Quit bickering. Get over it. Put on your big boy pants. Uh, Backbiting and gossip must stop. You know, understand anybody that is backbiting or gossiping is always looking for a sympathetic ear. Amen. They're looking for someone who will listen. And they're really insulting you if they come to you talking bad about somebody else because they think you'll listen. Right. And so even them talking bad about somebody, you'll say, boy, you're insulting me thinking that I want to listen to that and I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to let you talk bad about me. Now think with me. Think of somebody that you love. You know better than to come to me and talk bad about her. Right, right. Yeah. because you know you're not going to get a sympathetic ear. You're going to get a shut your mouth, dude. <laughs> yeah. right? right, and it's, it should be that in the body. Yeah. Right. Don't come and talk bad to me about my brother, my sister. Right. Don't come and talk bad to me about my pastor. Right. Your new pastor. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Understand. Uh, hurt feelings must quick mean nurtured. Yeah. It happened yesterday. Okay, I'm sorry get over it. Quit nurturing it. Let it die. Uh, wounded relationships have got to be restored. There can't be a lone grove assembly of God, and I'm messed up on directions, but there can't be a right and can't be a left, can't be a front and a back. We, we right don't associate with them left, and we in the back don't associate with them in the front. God deliver you from that. That's got to end. Amen? Okay. Don't, I don't see any rocks yet. That's okay. Don't stone the old guy. Now, if not, there's no unity. If you don't deal with this, tonight's the night that we're going to hit the altar and we're going to give every bit of this to God. And then we're going to leave here tonight and we're not going to go back. Are you with me? Now, I've heard nothing. I don't know anything. And the great thing about being a preacher is I love having the liberty of preaching out of ignorance. And so I can just stop on everybody's toe and not even know I'm stopping on your toe. Now, if you do not deal with this, you can't expect the blessings of the Lord. God's blessings will be withheld. So in other words, consider this. Is your bickering, backbiting, gossip worth the removal of the anointing of the Holy Spirit? No, it's not. It's not worth it consider this. Are your hurt feelings, your wounded relationships worth lost souls not being saved, sick bodies not being healed, bound people not being delivered? The blessings of the Lord. I'm going to tell you it's not worth it. Let it go. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2. This tells us what happens when a church comes together in unity. It was when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were gathered together in one accord. That means unity. That doesn't mean a Honda accord. That means (laughs) unity. Uh, They were all gathered together with one accord in one place and suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's God honoring unity. They came together, no division, no strife, no contention, no envy, no jealousy. They were united together as one. Now, this is exactly what God wants to do for Lone Grove. Are you with me? Uh, Does God still want to pour out of his spirit? Yes, he does. Does God want to heal? Does God want to deliver? Does God want to save the lost? He wants to pour out the blessing He wants your ministries to be anointed. He wants Julie to be able to come and all these musicians to come with a rich anointing. But let's please understand something and that is how fragile this anointing is. My my wife is a history major. She taught history, uh, um, honor-bound seniors going to college in Sand Springs. Uh, She's a history teacher. And I want you to notice the two sides. And when you go the end of this one, which is, this is the Civil War, which set up America. And roughly the Civil War was from 1775 to 1782. And then we went from this civil, or excuse me, we went from this uh, war for independence, uh, America becoming a nation to this civil war. And that is America fighting Americans. And if you go 82 minus 61, you'll find out that that was 79 years. There was 79 years that our nation, America, united together as one after the establishing of America as a nation, becoming one nation under God. 79 years. Then we started killing one another. Are you with me? And to me, that, that, one of the darkest time in the history of America is the Civil War, yeah. when Americans were killing Americans. Let me tell you, it's just, it's just as ridiculous to say that Christians are killing Christians. Right. Uh, Christians are talking bad about Christians. Right. Christians are backbiting and hating Christians. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Can you say amen? That is just crazy to even consider. We ought to be the lovingest people on the planet. We, we ought to be getting along with everybody in that body. Amen. Okay, let's look at some things we've got to have unity in. Number one is there's got to be unity of belief. If you will, if you've got your Bible, please go with me. I'm going to take some time to, to read these scriptures specifically. And if you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 beginning with verse 10, 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. It says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. There's such a conflict in the church at Corinth. And now they've got a problem. And one of the problems is this. They're not saying the same thing. That you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions, strife, contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So understand the correction that is there. Note with me. In verse 10, divisions were among them. In verse 11, contentions. This this disunity came because they were not saying the same thing. Verse 10, they weren't speaking the same thing. In other words, this was what was happening. One thing would be preached from behind the pulpit. Another thing would be taught in a Sunday school class. And at home, something else would be said separate from those two things. In other words, at home there was a discrediting of everything that was said in God's house. This difference in belief will destroy unity. Unity is destroyed when we don't speak the same thing. We must understand the importance of us believing, having the same beliefs. Uh, Notice with me, Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life or in the power of the tongue. Yes. Your mouth, my mouth, can bring life or death, depending on how you use it. I've seen people that are vicious with the tongue. Yeah. Uh, in Romans 6 and 17, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who, are, who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. Note those that are speaking different things, contrary to the doctrine that I gave you, and, and identify them, bring in divisions, trying to teach something other than what I taught you, so says Paul. Romans 12 and 16, be of the same mind. Philippians 2 and 2, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. So it would be wonderful. It'd be wonderful if we all, every believer, every Christian, believed the same thing. I think it would be, now that's kind of my optimism. It'd be just wonderful. It'd be wonderful if there wasn't a Baptist church, Church of Christ, Church of God of Prophecy. It'd be wonderful if there was just one church. But I can tell you, that's not going to happen until Jesus returns. It's not. Because you can read the Bible, other people can read the Bible, get different things out of it, and that's why people believe different things from different interpretations and teaching. But Philippians teaches us so much, Philippians 1 and 18, Paul said what's important is Christ is being preached. You know, as Christians we don't want to come against the Baptists because they don't believe in baptism and Holy Spirit evidence by speaking with other tongues, as long as they're preaching Christ. Uh, Notice with me. He said, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice and will rejoice. I'm not going to get upset about that church preaching or teaching that. uh, I believe that there's Catholic people going to be in heaven. And the reason why is I believe there's some Catholics that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, is there weirdness in the Catholic church? You better believe it. You know, I ain't, I ain't praying to Mary. I'm, I'm, I don't need anybody between me and God. I go to Him. Right. But understand, as long as Christ is being preached, right. but in the body, now let's come to this body. See, the people who don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit available today, they don't believe in gifts, signs and wonders, miracles, baptisms, baptism with the Holy Spirit, evidence by speaking with other tongues. Those people who don't believe like that should unite together and go start a body start a church and that's why we have those churches there's churches that you can go to right now and they don't believe my wife was raised Church of Christ they did not believe in any of the gifts of the Spirit they believe that those died with the Apostles and when the Bible was in its entirety there was no need for that and that's what they teach they're good people going to heaven you know, the only thing is they think they're the only ones going, but that's okay. They're going to be surprised when they get there, you know. <laughs> but the reality is I have nothing against the church of Christ. As long as they preach Christ, Christ is exalted. Uh, my in-laws, all of them are church Christ to this day. And the reality, they're good people. They know the word from their perspective, but they need to go to a church together. I don't want them coming in here and telling. Do you believe in this speaking in tongues that are precious? I don't believe in that. What do you think? What do you think? And then they they don't need to be here trying to take a poll and change us. Go find somebody that believes like you believe. Understand also, there are those who promote and endorse pushing people down around the altars, sitting and laughing and looking at each other for hours, instructions in dancing and, and classes on how to speak in tongues. There are people who believe that way. And what they need to do is they need to go start their church and have their body. As long as they're preaching Christ, guys, go do it. Do your weird stuff over there. But we don't need them coming in here telling, are y'all having dancing classes? Are y'all teaching people how to speak in tongues? Boy, I got quiet that time. Are you with me? Because there's a bunch of weirdness in Pentecost also. And what we need is the truth. I can tell you there's more than enough in the word. We don't need to add to it. But the reality is, is this. Those people who believe like that, go start your church. Go start a laughing church. Go start a pushing down church. Go, whatever it is that you do, fine. As long as Christ is being preached, go do it. God bless you. But don't try to change us. There needs to be unity in belief. Now consider this. Those who live with a very liberal moral position of supporting abortion, encouraging divorce, condoning alcohol, condoning gambling, condoning R rated movies, condoning sex outside of marriage, should gather together with people who agree with them. They should not come into our church and try to get us to lower our morals. And say that, hey, homosexuality is okay. You mean you don't accept homosexuality? We've got to take a stand. Anybody say amen? amen? We've got to be saying the same thing. So understand, you should not hear in Sunday school class, I know our church does not promote this dancing classes or this laughing instructions, but... You should not hear at Mazios or Brahms or wherever y'all go. Uh, I know the pastor preaches that we should primarily be reaching the lost, but. You should not hear around your house. I know the pastor preaches that premarital sex is wrong, but. Are you with me, church? Because what you're doing is is now uh, he's saying something, but now I'm disagreeing with him and And I've got a different belief. A body of believers not saying the same thing brings disunity. You've got to be a body saying the same thing. Unity brings the blessing. Unity brings an anointing. If you want to kill the anointing, start this disunity of different beliefs in the same body. If you want God to remove the blessing, start that backbiting of different beliefs. I don't believe that, I don't believe that. I don't. We need a unity, number one, yes. unity of belief. Number two, what I see is this, we need a unity in lifestyle. Amen. What I've found over the years is your behavior is influenced by your belief. Yes. And in fact, belief and behavior go hand in hand. Uh, notice with me 1 Corinthians chapter 5, because this church was messed up, this Corinthian church. And 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 and 2 it says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles. Not even the Gentiles are doing this, that a man has his father's wife. That's incest. And you are church, this is the correction from Paul to the church at Corinth, And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. In other words, you're permitting this. You're allowing it to take place. In the NIV, it says, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put out of your fellowship the one who did this? There needs to be some correction in the body. That's exactly what Paul was saying. So we must realize that our beliefs and our behavior should come together as a body. Our lifestyle, our emphasis. See, believing that sexual morality was acceptable within the church at Corinth, there was a relationship of incest in the church. And Paul said, you need to mourn. You need to grieve because of this. It ought to break your heart. You need to be seeking God with tears. You ought to be mourning because of this. You need to purge it out. You need to go to that individual. Uh, Second Corinthians, he talks a little bit more, but you ought to go to that individual and you ought to talk to him and try to win him over to Christ and get the correction there. See, in this church, we must take a stand for purity. Can you say Amen. You know, I, I know we live in a culture where we're called old-fashioned. We're we're called whatever name they want to call us. But the reality is, I don't care if they call what name they call me. I want to stand for Jesus Christ and for His truth. See, with social drinking, with living together outside of marriage, with divorce, with compromising values in the church, at times it seems like our stand for purity is non-existent. But we keep preaching but we Christians, we keep living it. Uh, People who are gonna be coming into this church are coming in out of this culture. This culture is different. Uh, I I can tell you that the church that I'm gonna be at next Sunday uh, with you trying out a pastor is Discovery Church Yukon. That's where I attend church. uh, Every Wednesday night, I have the sanctuary class there. My my daughter and my son-in-law is the pastor And I can tell you, Discovery Church is running about 800 to 1,000 now. That's where it's at right now. We have two services every morning, and and there are people getting saved almost every service. And and I do the counseling for my son-in-law. He hands that off to me, and and I'm doing a lot of his counseling. I'm going to tell you, this culture is coming, people are coming out of a culture that is different than the one you were raised in. And this culture is vile. This, this culture is unholy. And people coming out of this culture, they know nothing about Christianity. They know nothing about purity. They know nothing about saying no to that and yes to this. It's just foreign to them. And what they need, look at me please, they need you, desperately need you to set an example. And they need you to be patient with them. Uh, because what you're doing is, please, you're catching the fish, bringing them into the boat, and you're not cleaning them. You're letting the Holy Spirit clean them. Amen. You know, uh, and I can tell you that there was a lady who had attended the church for quite some time and very involved in ministry. She came up to me a couple of weeks ago, and she, she came, her name is Darcy. She came up to me after Wednesday night, and in a, in a Wednesday night, I just did something, just which I will say the Holy Spirit directed me because there was good outcome of it. And when there's good outcome, I know it comes from Him. But I just said, I can't see Jesus going verily, verily. I say to you, I can't see Jesus doing that. Anybody say "Amen." amen? I don't see Jesus doing it. And I just did it in passing just like that. She said, she went home that evening, threw away her cigarettes and never picked up another. And she had smoked for years. Now, did I know? No, I didn't know that. Did I know that, that was going to, God was going to use that? I didn't know that. But she desperately needed someone to be able to just represent Jesus to her and say, man, that's not good for you. That, that kills your testimony. I can't see Jesus doing it. Why would you want to do it? I can't see Jesus. <laughs> Are you, with me? you know, so why would you want to do it? Yeah. And, and so the reality is when they come in here what is that old saying? Um, talk right and spit white? <laughs> okay, okay. When they come in here, they need you to be patient with them. Yes, you, mean. you know, they, they may have tattoos everywhere. Uh, piercing, and this is what we're seeing a whole lot up in the Yukon area. I mean, tattoos everywhere, piercings everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere. And then they're coming in and they're accepting Jesus. Oh, uh, Mom and dad wasn't a Christian. They didn't know anything about Christianity. And I mean, literally, they know nothing. I can tell you, if you take anything for granted, you shouldn't. Because there's a tendency that we think, everybody's heard about Jesus. Everybody knows what... I've had people who have told me, I don't know anything about God. I know nothing about Jesus. Could you tell me what, who Jesus is? And that's here. And that's the culture that you're trying to reach. So you've got to understand this is different today than it was yesterday if you want this church to grow. And if people start coming in and they, they look bad, they smell bad, and they, man, they're, they're just a mess. And if teenagers start coming in and, man, they are messing up our pretty church. Let them mess it up. That's the reason the church is here is for those messed up people to be able to come rub shoulders with some good Christians and be able to know what a Christian is. There needs to be a unity in lifestyle. Disunity in lifestyle hinders the anointing. Disunity in lifestyle hinders the blessing. Here's my last one. And that is, if you will please, number three. And that is... unity and gifts. This is very critical, especially in a Pentecostal church. Uh, again, the church at Corinth, it it's, was messed up. First Corinthians chapter 12, and we don't want to be like them. We want to learn the correction. If you go with me to first Corinthians chapter 12, there's the listing of the gifts of the spirit. Good question. Let's just say you just ask this question. Is that all the listing of the gifts of the Spirit or all the lifting of gifts? And no, it's not. Uh, we do not have an exhaustive list of gifts. We have this listing, First Corinthians chapter 12. We have another listing in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, gives us five. And then there's another listing in Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight. And there we find seven others. And it says, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, and mercy. So there are endless gifts. Ask me the question, do I believe that the Bible gives us a listing of all the giftings of God? And I'll say, no. No, there's a gift of playing a piano. There's a gift of playing a guitar. There's a gift of leading worship. And that's not listed. Amen. Are you with me? There, there's multiple gifts of God. Because I'm going to tell you, anything that is used by God that promotes his kingdom comes from him. It's not you because you're so smart. And you're, it's from him. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, notice with me verse 4. And it says, there are diversities of gifts. But there is unity, the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but there is unity, the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but there's unity. It's the same God who works all in all. But all the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit. It's for the profit of everyone. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings. Well, I love that plural, gifts of healings. Understand, there's more than just physical healing. There's emotional healing. Gifts of healings. There's healings of relationships, relationship healing. And God is great at healing. There are gifts of healings by the same Spirit to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, the Holy Spirit distributing to each one individually as He wills. So never go to the pastor and say, you know, lay your hands on me and give me a gift because the gift doesn't come from Him. It is the Holy Spirit that distributes the gifts. It it comes from Him, the Holy Spirit. Notice with me the diversities of gifts, diversities of ministries, diversity of activities. But there's the same Spirit, there's the same Lord, and there's the same God. That brings us together with the same purpose, and that is the unity. The profit of the Holy Spirit working is not for the individual, but it is for the group, for all. If you'll notice with me, 12 and 7 tells the purpose for the operation of these gifts. In verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, there is a difference between tongues privately at home and tongues in the church. Uh, If you'll notice with me, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a listening to the gifts of Spirit, which I just gave you. Chapter 13 is the heart motivation of the gifts. It operates in love. And then chapter 14 is how they should be operated within the church. Notice with me, chapter 14, you've got your Bible. You ought to mark chapter 14, verse 19. Because in verse 19 it says, yet in the church. And so understand there is a difference in the working of the Holy Spirit in the body as compared to what you do at home. Because at home, Paul said, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. But in the church, things are to be handled properly, in order, and should be without contention and strife. There should be no competition. um, If you will please, in this diversity. Um, In the church, these diversities come together in unity with the common purpose of ministering, again, to the whole body coming together for the whole body. If only one or two are being ministered to in the congregation, uh, I will be very transparent with you as a pastor. I've watched the moving of the Holy Spirit. And if you've got just one person enjoying themselves in the spirit, you look across the body and, and, and everybody else is just looking, what are we supposed to be doing? Then it's time for that service to go on because we're not here for this one person to have a good time. Do that at home. Anybody say amen? Amen. Because what we need is we need unity in the body. We need there to be no contention, no strife. Unity in the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you will please, the problem at the church in Corinth was this, that in this diversity of the Spirit, in the giving of the gifts, they all had their own individual gifts and they got into a competition. In church, again, these diversities come together in unity with the common purpose of ministering to the whole body, to the whole body. Now, at Corinth, each one was coming to church with some kind of competition in their gifts. Notice what he said. Uh, And if you go in Scripture, chapter 14, in fact, in chapter 14, 1 Corinthians, begin with verse 26. You've got your Bible there. It says, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a song, each of you has a teaching. Now, there's nothing wrong with songs, and there's nothing wrong with teaching. But now it's become competition, and now they're destroying the unity, and gifts is the reason. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has an interpretation, has, has... has a revelation, has an interpretation, let all things be done for edification, for building up of the body. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most be three messages in tongues, each in turn, and let one interpret. So in other words, in any setting, there should be at the most three messages in tongues in any one setting. and There should be only one interpretation, per message in tongues. Like we have a brother over here that gives a message in tongues. We have a sister over here that gives an interpretation. That should be the only interpretation for that message. There shouldn't be somebody in the back and say, oh, wait, wait, I've got an interpretation for that too. No, that's not right. There should be one interpretation per tongue. But that can happen three times in any service. There might be, at the beginning of the service, mission, tongues, interpretation. Midway in the service, mission, tongues, interpretation. At the end of the service, mission, tongues, interpretation. And I know there's this tendency, like I've said before, but somebody said, oh, wait, 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 wait. I know there've been three, but, but I feel the Holy Spirit moving, and I got to, I got to. No, you don't. Look at the verse. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpretation, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sets by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Yes. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. See, God wants there to be unity. God wants there to be peace. Yes. And the spirit of the prophet, look at me please, is subject to the prophet. Uh, I can say no. God's not going to make me do anything. I have to step out by faith to give a message in tongues and interpretation. Right. It is a step of faith. Yes. But at the same time, if the order in the church, if there have been three messages in tongues, three interpretations then the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, you don't have to because you're out of order if there have been three. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. What we need is we need unity. There, thank God we've got more than enough to be able to be blessed as a body. Yeah. We don't need to be adding to this. We don't need to be saying, yeah, but I think this. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what God thinks. And God has given us a very specific design of how he wants the church to function. And it has worked beautifully. And now what we want it to do is go forward and continue to operate beautifully just as God intended. And understand with me, there, when there is a disunity in the operation of gifts, then God will remove his anointing when there is a disunity in the operation of gifts, God will withhold and God will withdraw his blessing. Please understand with me, and this is a beautiful promise from God, and it is Psalms 133. It says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments, preparing him to approach God, high priest. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there from that mountain, that snow-capped mountain, from there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. It's the blessing that God wants to bring to Long Grove Assembly of God Church. I I believe that you are primed. I believe that you're right there ready. Uh, You're getting ready to get God's man, God's pastor to take you forward. But what I pray for you is this, please look at me, please. You need to come together in total unity. Uh, Unity in your beliefs, unity in what you say, unity in your gifts, unity in the operation of the gifts, unity together in your love for one another. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said when I very started this message. I loved what I heard in the foyer tonight. Y'all laughing and talking. If there's anyone that you can think of, well, I don't like her, I don't like him, get over that. I'm going to ask you tonight to bring it to the altar, to lay it on the altar, to give it to the Lord and never pick it up again. Anything that has caused disunity in the past, well, I'm not a part of that group. I'm not a part of this group. And I, I gave this much to the church. and I think I ought to be able to let go of it. Amen. I'm going to tell you again, it's not your church. Right. Amen. It's his church. Amen. You just happen to be a servant. And thank God that we get to serve the master. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Father, I pray right now across this congregation, that this word, this message could be taken to heart. May we recognize that unity is the responsibility of everyone here. It is our responsibility as a part of this body to do everything we can that we be united together as one. We pray, Father, that any dissension, any strife, any self-seeking, would all go silent and be removed. We pray that, Lord, in this time around the altars, that there would be 100% of this body coming around these altars to seek you. And that, Lord, tonight in this time around the altars, that we would lay on the altar in this time of prayer any hurt feelings, any past conflict, that, Lord, we'd lay at the altar any personal agenda, anything that we wanted personally that we thought, It was our right. Lord, may we give up our rights. May we yield and submit our position. And may we just lay it all before you upon the altar of prayer. And Father, we pray that from here forward, that there would be complete, total unity. So Father, honor this time in the altar, God, as we seek your face, as we allow our hearts to be obedient to the leading of your Holy Spirit. And as we submit and yield to you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Congregation, would you please, let's come around these altars, let's seek God together. Come on, it's okay, come on, let's give it to the Lord. Father, right now, we give this to you. Right now, Father, we pray for a, a unity, a unity in the body of Christ. May we come together as one, Father, just like you prayed for your disciples, that they would be one, just like you and the Father are one. You also prayed for us, that Lord, we who believe in you because of their testimony, you prayed for us, Lord, and we wanna answer your prayer. You prayed, Lord, that we would be one, and we know, Lord, that we are the answer to your prayer when we come together as one. So, Father, honor this body. May may this body be able to come together in a unity of beliefs. May the body come together in a unity of lifestyle. May the body come together in a unity of gifts. Father, we learn from the Corinthian church. We, We learn and we want to be able to heed the leading, the guiding of your Holy Spirit. May we speak the same thing. May there be no divisions among us. May there be no contention, no strife. We don't want to open the door to every evil thing. But, Lord, we want strife and contention to be gone. May we believe the same thing. Lord, may we live in the same purity, emphasizing holiness unto you. Lord, may we live placing an emphasis upon your gifts and operation just as your work Thank you, Lord. Congregation, will you stand with me, please? Father, thank you. Thank you for the drawing of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the revealing. And, Father, we pray your blessing upon this beautiful congregation of people, that, Lord, you would honor them. We pray that, Lord, you'd keep them, that you'd provide for them. And, and Lord, we pray this week for the deacon board. God, honor them. We pray, Father, for this candidate that's coming next week, that your perfect will would be done. We pray for the next pastor, that, Lord, your anointing would be rich upon his ministry, that, Lord, you'd provide for he and his family and and be with them through this transition time. And, God, we pray your help for this church. And, Lord, we have such an expectation. We have such an excitement, Lord, of what you're going to do right here. So, Father, may there be that stirring of your Holy Spirit. May there be the anticipation of the good that's coming. And, Lord, may there be the encouragement for each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless your heart. God is good. Amen. Bless your heart.